The buzzword for 2022 has got to be inflation. What is inflation? What is the inflation rate? Does inflation even affect us in the Bahamas? There's no doubt inflation is on the minds of many persons in the Bahamas and around the world and is anticipated to be a hot button issue for the foreseeable future. That being the case, it makes sense for us in the Bahamas to become knowledgeable about inflation and by extension the cost of living challenges and how these global issues affect our daily lives. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of CFAL Talks. I am Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments here at CFAL and joining me in studio today are Lichelle White, Investments Manager and Angelo Butler, Senior Analyst here at CFAL. In today's episode, our panel will seek to answer some of the questions about inflation and its impact on our economy and finances. So let's begin this discussion, Michelle and Angela, about the definition of inflation and how it is affecting the economy of the Bahamas. Well, the textbook um, definition for inflation is that it's a general increase in prices in the fall of purchasing power, the purchasing value of money, that is. So in the Bahamas, the inflation rate is measured by the rise and fall in prices that consumer would pay for a certain basket of goods. So they have a basket of goods and they measure any increases or decreases in prices. Our inflation rate is usually, can usually be reported, reported year over year. So for example, if we have the June inflation rate, it's compared to prices of June last year, or they also report it month over month. So we can see, um, June's prices compared to May prices. Um, so basically, um, they would have this basket of goods um, that they track the price of, and then they track the changes um, of the prices in those goods. And I think it's important to focus on the word general there because it is general and it's a basket that's that's mixed up. So, you know, um, you know, it doesn't mean that everything goes up, say, 5%, but it means on average, based on this basket that's agreed upon by, you know, the Department of Statistics, the Central Bank, um, prices on average went up by that much. So I think... Um, you know, you have some people, you may work in the construction industry or lumber, and you may say plywood is up 40 or 50%, but that's not general inflation. And so it's important to clarify that difference between the two. Some items will be up more than the general inflation rate, while some will be less, or some items may have even gone down in price, which is generally rare. Um, but it is important to know that it's a general rise or an average um, rise. And, and they tend to you know, put weights to these items based on how likely you are as an individual to use it. If you look at the Bahamas, um, the composition shelter, as well as in the U.S., is about 32%. So, you know, they're saying that 32% on average of your expense is is spent on housing. And so, you know, it's not a perfect metric, but it's just to give some sort of idea and metric for us to make decisions on and, and analyze on a consistent basis. So is inflation bad and is it is it affecting us in the Bahamas today? Um, Inflation... According to economists, inflation is a, some inflation is good. Um, you know, even as someone that studies finance and, and reads it, I often ask myself, why do we need inflation? <laughs> I, I feel like if prices could stay the same forever, um, that'll be good. Yeah, um, that could be yeah. good though. If prices stay the same forever, there's no profit, there's no increase in wage. So you but need it, a, a benchmark in yeah. order to have that economic growth. Yeah. And I think that also, I mean, 
It's hard. I think when inflation accelerates to the level that we see in the U.S. now and around the world now, I think that's a bad thing. But I think there is should be a natural expectation that prices are going to increase, even though we don't like it. But um, I think we have a limited supply of resources um, on this earth. So naturally, we all know the general rule of economics is that as supplies goes down, prices will tend to go up. So, I mean, that's, you know... A, a little bit tax booky, but, um, yeah, so I think there's a, always going to be a natural, um, increase in prices. Um, I think the problem is when you don't have income going up with that, um, increase in prices. Yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. With that income, increase in prices. And I mean, for the Bahamas inflation, as inflation rate increases and all else remains equal, let's say just wages increase, um, stays the same or whatever. That means consumers have less purchasing power. So consumers are often, um, the driving engine of an economy, especially in the U.S. Um, so once inflation goes up, your purchasing power, um, goes down as well. And so that means you are contributing less to the economy. And this is for both businesses and consumers. And so you also have, um, the U.S. is our prime tourist market. So when you see this, these crazy inflation numbers there, that means the discretionary, um, income of their, um, citizens is less. And so those persons who may have thought of traveling to the Bahamas may make, say like, oh no, that's too expensive for me right now. I have less discretionary income. So they may just scrap, um, the trip. And so that could affect our tourism industry. But I, um, you know, I look at Japan, for example. It's, um, <laughs> you know, a country where they've, they've actually been wanting inflation for decades. They've not had much inflation as measured by the general increase, um, in a while. But, you know, I'd be curious to speak to Japanese citizens and ask, you know, what impact has this had on you? I mean, are the people really worse off, per se, than countries where you're dealing with, you know, hyperinflation and stuff? So I accept that, you know, it, it's generally accepted that some inflation is good, but I just wonder, you know, um, you know, do we need it? Do we really need it? And I think more studies and stuff would be good. But do you think that is cultural in the case of J- Japan? Because like after the pandemic and, and when there was a supply shortage around the world, demand increased, but demand decreased in Japan as opposed to um, increase as it did with around the world, which contributed to that um, supply chain inflation. So you think it's more cultural with Japan? They've learned to, yeah. you know, adjust easily yeah. and quickly yeah uh-huh. i think that's i think that could be it i think that maybe they've made such i guess i could say technological advances that any sort of increase in the inputs of producing goods are quickly you know um offset by improvements in technology to um sort of improve production of these goods so um that could be it but yeah but they've been dealing with low rates low inflation for decades and they always try, like Angelo say, they always like, oh, but they like what? <laughs> they want some, they want some inflation because I guess, you know, you have the central bankers with their monetary policy and their tax books. And this is the way it needs to be. And this is how we need to respond to it. But yeah, but, um, they're an interesting case. And locally, I think one more thing, um, you know, one more impact for the Bahamas is as well, because we import everything, higher prices on everything is also going to eat at the foreign reserves that we have. And of course, that's, you know, I feel like that's our life and, and breath right there. We need those reserves in a healthy position at all times. And so you even see the governor of Central Bank saying how, you know, the higher prices of fuel is going to cause a drawdown in reserves um, because we're using more money to import the same amount of fuel, the same amount of food. And so, you know, I think that inf- that inflationary impact right there is something we have to monitor. Yeah, that, that's important. So that brings us to our next question. Uh, the governor of the Central Bank, 
of the Bahamas said that the annual inflation rate from, I think, about May or April 2021 to 2022 in the Bahamas is under 5%, specifically at 3.8%. The inflation rate, on the other hand, in the U.S. over the same period is about 9%. Given the Bahamas' reliance on the U.S. economy for the import of goods and export of services, help our listeners and to understand the difference in these two economies' inflation rate. Well, the, I don't, I mean, I don't believe the figures are ever going to match. I mean, we have, um, different economies. Um, the Bahamas is a service-based economy. The U.S. is a, I guess, consumer-driven economy. And the U.S.'s pace of growth of, of the economic recovery after COVID was just, it just shot off. In the Bahamas, yeah, we, we doing things. We have more tourism, more economic activity, but it's not as the, at the same pace, um, as the U.S. And then there's always going to be, a lag. And we've been seeing record figures, um, in the U.S. They're like the highest inflation in decades. I think, um, yesterday it was reported that inflation, um, dropped in August, um, from June. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important for us to look at the trend of inflation. So if the U.S. inflation is going up, then the Bahamas inflation should be going up as well. It's not going to be the same rate, but it should be going in the same direction. So if we have a case where U.S. inflation is going up and then you'd be like, but the Bahamas is experiencing a little deflation, but then you'll be like, huh, why would like, why is that happening? But I think it's important for um, the price rise to trend in the same direction. So if we see, um, I think they um, released the June figures for the Bahamas and it was like somewhere around 6% year over year. Um, so it trended higher than the previous month, but maybe if July will go down, you know, like the U.S. went down. So, um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But I think our economies are slightly different. And also the Bahamas doesn't, because we are pegged to the dollar, we don't really have that much flexibility in our monetary policy. So as you would say in the U.S., um, inflation is running high, so they could, possibly increase rates. Um, and they have been increasing rates. They have been printing um, more money. But it's like in the Bahamas, our rate has stayed the same. Our prime rate has stayed the same all throughout the pandemic. And so I don't think, I think that it's a hard comparison, but I think that it's important for us to just focus on the trend mm-hmm. of the, how the number is going. So you don't want to see inflation in the U.S. and then you have deflation in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So like, how, how is that? How does that work? So do you think, Angela, it has something to do with the components of the the index? Yeah, um, if you look at the Bahamas versus U.S., and, you know, sometimes some parts of it are categorized differently. Um, like the U.S. has transport commodities and transport services, where the Bahamas just has transport. Um, so, you know, you see some similarities. Like I said, shelter is 32% in both countries. Um, food is 14% of the index in the U.S., and in the Bahamas, it's about 10%. Um, so, you know, I think there's... Those differences there. Generally, I think our inflation should be higher than the U.S. Um, <laughs> I think so too. Just on the fact is. that we import stuff with duties on top of it. Um, but I wonder too if the, for example, shelter, you know, home prices in the U.S. tend to move drastically every month or every so often, whereas in the Bahamas, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they're measuring, but our, our housing prices as well as rents may not move as, as much as they do in you know, more developed markets. And with shelter being 32% of the index, perhaps that explains some of why, 
you're seeing these lower numbers come out of the Bahamas. The rates are moving in the same direction. So I guess that, but like Angelo said, perhaps it should be higher because we have, but we're measuring the change in price. So I would even argue that maybe our prices were already high. <laughs> so we just like catching up at this point. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard comparison because you don't, they break down the figures, but then you don't really see, you don't know how, you know, what, um, how they're measuring these things and housing has not like caught up like in the U.S. But I, I think we are headed there because the governor did say that, you know, even though that we are at 3.8%, he foresees that down the road it's going to get higher yeah. because he knows that the U.S. is high and we eventually have to catch up uh, to United States of America when it comes to um, um, inflation. And I think you even saw um, Rupert Roberts speaking about it where he said that you know, we haven't seen the real um, impact as yet because they've ordered a lot of things in bulk mm-hmm. and those items are being sold now at prices they would have paid six, mm-hmm. seven months ago. And yeah. he, he said, you know, once those supplies run out and they actually go back into the market um, to purchase goods, you will feel it. Same with, um, I think, BPL, for example, you know, with the fuel hedge, they were paying prices on oil that would have been bought six, seven, eight months ago. And now that, you know, the hedge is going to, or fall away, you now be paying the market price. And so you're going to see or feel some sort of impact from it at some point. It's only so long we can, you know, hold off on it. Agreed. Yeah. And the, um, I know the, the latest report from the, I think they just released this from the departments of statistics said the all item index, I guess it's the, for the consumer price index recorded a surge of 6.2% yeah. year over year. Yeah. So, I mean, like we're lagging, but we're, <laughs> we're trending, you know, we're trending higher. Now they don't, um, like in the U.S., you would always see like this is the highest rate since 1980 or whatever. They don't typically do that in the Bahamas, but I can't, I don't think we've ever had a, um, inflation rate, um, that high. Um, in a while. Yeah. And the, the 3.8 is based on April or May's number. Mm-hmm. And we are now in, in August. So a lot of people are <laughs> feeling it. Never, yeah. Regardless of the fact that the, the governor's just mentioning what it was uh-huh. historically, we are feeling it in the midst of increased prices in our day to day lives. So did the Bahamas government cause or contributed to the rise in inflation rate in the Bahamas? And what, if anything, can officials do to control or reduce the, inf- the inflation rate. I think this is important because you have persons saying, you know, the government needs to do something about inflation. <laughs> what the government needs to do? And so is it their fault? Did they do anything to cause this? No, they did not do anything to cause this. Um, we import most of our goods. So we import inflation. So the government can't really control, um, the price of goods that are imported. The government, what the government can, um, control is customs duties. Um, <laughs> um, they recently really, I mean, to just alleviate the burden on, um, consumers, they recently, um, decrease the VAT. Um, and there's also, I, I think we're going to get into it more later, but there's also wages. Like we've been hearing, we're going to increase the minimum wage. So wages, I think the last minimum wage increase was in 2015. And now you have all this inflation and people, you know, people can't survive mm-hmm. because, um, their, um, more of their income is being spent on their day to day needs. Um, than it was before. So I think that that's important. Price control is also important um, to make sure that businesses aren't taking advantage. Price control on the basket of items or price control across the board? I think on the basket of items as well as across the board, not price control across the board, but just monitoring to make sure that businesses are not like overcharging consumers. That's I mean, it's going to be difficult to share yeah. this capitalist environment. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I think it's too much of a um, capitalistic um, society. But I mean, 
usually you'd have things like um, the central bank would increase rates. And like we, we haven't seen a rate increase um, in a while. It's a cool inflation. I think the rate is high enough. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, but I don't think that the government can, but the government can, you know, look to alleviate the burden more by maybe pulling back on some of those custom duties, looking, getting serious about passing a new minimum wage, um, a new minimum wage bill, and then ensuring that those, like you said, they can't do it for all items, but at least those price control items that businesses um, are not taking advantage of consumers by sneaking in, you know, higher prices. And I, I would not say the government caused it, but at the same time, they're not um, innocent in it. Um, you know, if you charge the same rate of tax on a higher priced good, you're getting more taxes mm-hmm. from it. And so people are paying more taxes because of the rates of the government. If you look at fuel, for example, you know, if gas costs $5 and you add VAT onto it at 10%, that's 50 cents. If it now costs six, then your VAT at 10% is 60 cents. And so that 10% increase is directly related to the higher tax that the government is getting. So the government is not, um, you, you know, you're saying revenues, they're saying revenues are ahead of projections. And one of the reasons is everything is being taxed at a higher um they're getting more tax they're yeah. getting more tax revenue and also on the gas um they still have that um i think it's a ceiling that um the the um the, the, the companies yeah. uh, the margin mm-hmm. that the companies can mm-hmm. earn that they haven't yet even i know they were talking about it but i don't think that they've made any and they adjustments get an so automatic dollar 16 mm-hmm. i think tax and they're talking plus about from to, us yes. yeah so mm-hmm. and i mean at the same time i think one pressure that they're experiencing is they're feeling inflation as well because they're subsidizing bpl Water and sewage, Bahamas. They want to continue to do these subsidies. That is a choice the government makes. And that is a choice that they, they, successive administration, they remove those organizations off the table when they come to talk about fiscal uh, management. And they are very important to proper fiscal management um, um, in in the country. So when we look at inflation, it eats out at our disposable income. You know, your salary fix and prices go up, it eats out. And so that affects our cost of living standard. And I think that's where the challenge is. And that's where government will mm-hmm. have to assist. And and if this continues, I mean, I hope the big economies get a handle on it. Because mm-hmm. if the US gets a handle on it, then it will trickle down to us. But if this continues, I are we looking at type of relief packages that we've seen do we had seen during the COVID? The height of the COVID I to provide relief because I think what COVID has done is shone a light on the suffering of so many people in this country. I think people have, have always been because back in 2010, I think they said we had like 43,000 people on the poverty line. And when you measure the poverty line by about $5,000 per year, come on. I mean, I think $1,000 a month is poverty line in this country in terms of yeah. how people um, that's the to, minimum wage. Yeah, that's that's, that's barely the minimum wage. Yeah. That's um, more than the minimum wage. So a lot of people are yeah. hurting and when there are no jobs for people to go to in order to to be gainfully employed. You think if this continues, we are looking at government have to come up with the type of packages that were done during the height of the COVID um, pandemic? And um, I don't think the... I don't think the government has the fiscal capacity yeah, to, I was to even fiscal um, room. do that. I, I, you know, I've always said COVID is probably the worst thing that has ever happened to us to uh, for a country dependent on tourism to shut down its have to shut down its tourism product for let's just say roughly a year um no income you have to borrow to fill that gap and we still have big deficits like where are you going to get you know funding from to really provide stimulus and so you know it's it's a it's a tough situation i you know they say it's 
good to be in government, but I think this is a bad time to <laughs> because it's not a lot that you can do, but there's so much hurting and suffering around. So why does inflation happen and what caused the current inflation crisis? Well, inflation happens like when um, prices um, increase. And usually over the past few years, we've been seeing relatively steady um, or low inflation. Even during the pandemic, inflation was just like the economies were at a standstill. So there was nothing really happening. But then the economy started to rebound. And demand started to return, but supply has not yet caught up. And then you have um, Russia invading Ukraine. And so that exacerbated um, global supply chain issues. Um, I know that um, there was a, we didn't, we didn't really understand it because I certainly didn't know um, from before, like how much grain comes from Russia and Ukraine and even the natural gas that comes from Russia that they supply to Europe like I didn't know about the I mean the natural gas maybe but the grain and everything like how much people like the African countries rely on that grain and even all of us um, they've recently signed uh, an agreement between Russia and Ukraine to allow <laughs> the export of grain from a key Ukrainian port. So hopefully that will alleviate prices. But I think that when we came out of the pandemic, everybody just wanted to buy, buy stuff and, you know, um, demand increase. And but businesses had already, you know, pulled back on their supply um, because demand wasn't there during the pandemic. And then it just took a while to catch up. And so you have a, a less um, less supply, more demand, higher prices. And maybe the, the stimulus packages was a double-edged sword anyways. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're giving people stuff, but they cannot spend this money. And so when they are able mm-hmm. to, they just flood the market, that demand increase, supply drop. And so you had this um, inflation caused by the pandemic. And I think too, um, you know, when the economies first began shutting down, um, you know, the stock market took a big hit and companies began to lose a lot of money, particularly those in tourism and energy, et cetera. Um, and now that things are back, they're trying to get back those profit margins or, or recoup what they would have lost. And so in a lot of cases, you have companies increasing prices just because they're saying that our margins aren't high enough. And, you know, unfortunately, it's how capitalism works. Shareholders want high profit margins, big dividends, buybacks, et cetera. Um, and the only way to get that is, is, you know, in some cases to continue to increase prices. So you have a lot of companies, they're just outright saying it, we're increasing our prices. Um, and, you know, consumers, you either buy it or not. Um, so, you know, that is also impacting inflation, I think. So how does inflation affect our personal finances? Well, I think it reduces your disposable income. Um, you know, if you make $100 a week and things used to cost 80 and now it costs 90, you just have $10 less to do, um, whatever else that is. So some people, you know, find themselves having to cut back on certain things, um, or buy, you know, cheaper brands, um, you know, avoid certain outings, cut out outings. Um, so just, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. Inflation, I, you know, I say inflation is undefeated. It, <laughs> it's been there from centuries ago and it, it's still going to be and it's always going to be here. So. Um, you know, people just find themselves adjusting and adapting and, and finding ways to survive because, you know, what else can you do? And I think people just have to also uh, look more at investing because savings is good. It's, it's important to your mm-hmm. personal um, financial and financial well-being. But at the same time, you can't build wealth mm-hmm. by saving money in a bank because if inflation is 2% and you're getting 1% on your savings, you're still eating yes. out 
um, um, your earnings with inflation. So maybe look at, at if you have disposable income, like stocks, real estate, different type of investment that can shield you from um, inflation or your earnings is much more than what um, the inflation rate is. And if it, with it increasing like this, I mean, if, if it's now 6%, that means you need to be looking for <laughs> investments that so are aggressive. Investments. Yeah, and then you got to be careful too because yeah, there's no one scams, your money, you know, yeah. out there <laughs> to coming yeah. at you with these um 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 really attractive and high um returns on these investments that probably may not pan out. Yeah. But I think you have to look at it in terms of I guess retirement too, because this I guess year maybe hopefully it is an anom- anomaly in the spike in prices, and we don't see this again. But I think the average you have to look at the average um, rate of inflation and set your investments so that they earn at least that much, but you want to give yourself a little wiggle room so they earn a little more. But again, like you said, you don't want to just go into these aggressive investments promising you 10% and then at the end of the day, you um, lose your money. So what advice can you give to help Bohemians fight the cost of living crisis brought on by inflation? It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Because, but um, I know it's especially going to be rough for the people who are on the lower end of the income spectrum. If you um earning, like Angelo gave the example, with $100 and you used to spend $80 and now you have to spend $90, you only have that $10 um, wiggle room. Um, for um, those persons, it's hard to say. They're probably already, um, you know, living very leanly. They've cut out all the excess or whatever, but that's all you can do. You just have to cut out um, all of the excess and make sure that whatever basics you have to buy for your family or your dependents is um, covered by your income, which can be um, easier said than done. This is where the government comes in with things like the minimum wage and the social support and perhaps the tax breaks um, to help alleviate the stress on those persons. Yeah. I, um, you know, I was going to say the same thing. Um, the, you know, the, the true solution is for people to earn more money yes. <laughs> um, and to reduce taxes and stuff. But, you know, in reality, the government, to be honest, I don't think is in a position to provide much tax relief. And at the same time, the, you know, minimum wage is not going to go from 210 to $500 mm-hmm. um, overnight in any, no matter how much we may want it or, or, or things. So, you know, at the end of the day, you have to say those, you know, tough things where you, off the cut back and you know buy cheaper brands um you know just do whatever it takes to survive because you know we don't live in a perfect world where we can just do what needs to be done so people find themselves adapting surviving and just finding a way to you know get through it until hopefully inflation subsides and gets back to some sort of normal level i agree we don't expect minimum wage to go from 210 to 500 but i think it should move and i think more needs to be done to to cause it to move and then also persons like you both mentioned you just have to make a deliberate effort to cut back and acknowledge and i think this has to be with government as well as a citizenry you know what you're spending you know certain stuff that you may spend on when you when things are going good the luxury items you can do it but you probably have to pull back now on these things and and just watch how you're spending your money and 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 live conservatively until we get over this this hump i know we thought that after covid Past home free. Yeah. And it's just like these things keep popping up and it can be very discouraging, but we have to do our best, um, to, to survive, survive this. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of the inflation is, um, was COVID related. And I think we did think that some of it would pass, but I think the war really like threw a wrench in because 
oil prices affect everything. And as long as oil prices stay 90 to to $100 a barrel or more, um, it's going to be high levels of inflation. And particularly like in places like Europe, where they depend on Russia, they're really going to feel it. Um, so, you know, it's just a wrench that was thrown in, in, in everything. And, you know, hopefully there's some resolution soon and, and that, you know, helps to bring things down. Yeah. And I, I think this is a time we're going to wrap up now, but this is a time also for our government to look and to take seriously alternative sources of, of energy. You know, we spend over $700 million, um, um, on energy in this country imports and we need to cut that. And we need to make deliberate effort to cut that so that it can bring relief to, to our people and also take the pressure off of our reserves. Well, Angelo and Lachelle, we have come to the end of another episode of CFAL Talks. Thank you so much for contributing to this discussion. Thank you, audience, for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please send us a note at info at cfal.com or visit our website at www.cfal.com and show your support. Thank you, CFAL, for supporting this episode. Until next time.